Have you ever felt invisible? A lot of people have. If you have felt invisible, you're not alone. But did you know that invisibility is also a choice? Stay with us for some more on how you can become invisible no more. Almost 3 billion people and counting are consuming video content on their devices. Beelard Media helps brands position their products and services to people at a time and manner that's convenient to them. If you would like to reach your customers and clients and stay ahead of your competitors, then connect with us. Joining us then, welcome to Books with Brigetti. I am your host, Brigetti Limbanda from Cape Town in South Africa. Our live stream is made possible by StreamYard and BeLive Media, helping business owners make live videos. A special warm welcome to you, our viewers. This is an audience-centric show. So if you are joining us on Amazon, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, then a very warm welcome. Do know that I am watching the comments. So do say hello. If you are new, say, say that you are new and I can give you a shout out. Our amazing guest today is Dr. Christine Sawyer. Sawyer. And before I address, before I um, invite her to come and join me on the screen, there's a few things that I want that you can do to take charge of your story. And one of the things that you can do to take charge of your story is by embracing live video, by going live on camera. But to do so successfully, you do need to have a few things in place. So if you're watching us over on Amazon Live, I've added a few things to the carousel that will help you set up your home studio for success because we're all working from home. We're all on camera. Um some of us are doing, you know, working from home for your business, whether you're an entrepreneur or working for a large corporation, you do want to set yourself up for success. And so I personally live with chronic back and neck pain. And for me, that starts with having a good chair that supports your spine, having a functional desk, having good audio is very, very important because if people can't hear you well, they're going to tune out from what you are saying. Um, you do need an external webcam for success. Um, and if you really, really want to take it to the next level, then invest in a DSLR camera. Uh, you also need a computer that's powerful enough to handle your streaming software well. And of course, last but not least, you do need earphones to avoid sound feedback. So if you've been having sound issues, uh, getting feedback, then 
it very likely is because you are not using earphones while you are connecting online. And for me personally, <laughs> I don't think I'm I'm on a Mac system. I don't think I could be broadcasting and doing what I'm doing here without my Apple Magic Mouse. I just love it. If you're just joining us, you are watching Books with Brigetti. And my guest today is Dr. Christine. She is a contributing author to the uh, in the anthology by Linda Sunshine West called Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore. And her chapter is called Finding the Light at the End of the Tunnel. Now, who of us have not ever felt like, you know, I just need some light at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> So we're going to ask all about that. Dr. Christine is a retired German-trained physician and naturopath. And after some major health challenges herself and struggles, she founded um, her business called Doc Christine Coaching and developed what is known as the Brain Power System. She helps her clients to live longer, feel better, work smarter, with cutting-edge neuroscience tools. She's an avid educator, speaker, and writer, and her motto is, it's never too late to live your best life. So let's welcome her to the show, shall we? Christine, a very warm welcome to the show. I am so glad that you could carve out a little bit of time to join me today. Thank you and welcome. Thank you, Bridgetti. It's a true honor to be on this amazing show. And thank you again for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> it's an absolute, absolute pleasure. So tell me a little bit, you know, because your story um, or your chapter in the book with 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 uh, Linda, invisible no more, invincible, forevermore. A lot of that sort of ties into the title of your chapter. And just before we came online, you were telling me that you lived with chronic pain and you had a you had a sort of dark history. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I have a very dark history, and I was certainly invisible. And yes, I was a doctor in Germany. I was very successful, but fate hit. And I won't go into the details, get the book to look it up. And what happened is my ex-husband committed suicide. I was left depressed in chronic pain with two teenage boys and immigration papers to Canada. And I decided to come here where I'm still living. And at the end of it, I was so lonely, depressed, down in the dumps, that I tried to commit suicide here. And at the last moment, I decided instead to do what was the hardest thing for me to do then, 
which was to ask for help. And I drove myself to the emergency room and got admitted to the mental hospital. Now, who is more invisible than an inpatient in a mental hospital behind locked doors? I was there for four weeks, truly invisible. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What was being a medical doctor? Now, I know my late mom in law was a medical doctor um, herself, and she became a cancer patient. And I know how incredibly hard it was for her um, to be at the receiving end of medical care when all her life she spent on the other side of the bed. What was that like for you? Well, I really experienced it in two steps because at first when I had two discs slipped, I had to go to the hospital then because I couldn't walk. So I was bedridden, completely bedridden for a week. And that means peeing and pooping in bed. And I tell you, it is embarrassing. When I was a doctor, I didn't think twice about cleaning up other people. When I was a patient, I was deeply ashamed, embarrassed, and just wanted to be somewhere else and crawl under the bed, which was, of course, impossible. So I started fighting against it. But after a while, I noticed I couldn't fight no more. And that's when I started getting depressed. And then when I ended up in the mental hospital, that was even worse. Because in a mental hospital, it's not just you can tell people about it and get their thing, but you have to be, oh, my God, now my mind is crazy, too. I'm not just worthless as a human being because I can't work no more. On top of all, my brain is worthless because it doesn't work right. I can't do anything but lay around and be a nuisance to others. So it yeah. truly was the worst part of my life. But I learned a lot. I wandered through the hallways. It's pretty much all you can do. There's no TV in a mental hospital where we were, except for one in the common room. And I talked to other people. Some of them were talkative, others didn't. So I learned their stories. And I noticed before, when I was a doctor, I always felt on top of the world and, oh, my God, the people that are homeless, they can't be no good or they wouldn't be homeless. Now I was in the same room with homeless people and I talked to them and I lost all that um, feeling superior thing. And I really, truly noticed they are just as human as we all are. They are, we are no better just because we have an education. Has it given you a different, you know, having been through a mental challenge yourself, has it given you a different perspective as a doctor? Absolutely, completely. It has given me a true deep knowledge and understanding of what my clients now are going through. And I struggled myself for over 10 years, and it is so easy easy to fall in that victim mode and delegate the responsibility mm -hmm. of your for your life to your doctors and say i don't know what to do i'm weak i'm invisible you give me pills i'll swallow it but i'm still sick and 
I'm disabled, I can't do nothing, I belong in a hospital. And it took me a while, and my dear husband, uh, who is a wonderful person, I'm with him for 23 years, he's here from Halifax, and it took me for a while to finally make that decision and say to myself, that is not the life that I want to live. I like your motto, you know, you're saying it's never too late to live your best life. My personal mantra is that we often, I, th I think as humans, we underestimate the power of the mind. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes we've, we've made up our mind that I'm going to be sick for the rest of my life or this is my lot in life. Um, but you can change that messaging. And I'm, I'm, I want to ask you a little bit about your brain power system because I'm, I, I, I can see that there's somehow a link between harnessing um, your your mental health, your brain, and moving from being invisible to becoming invincible. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. After I made the decision to try to get myself healthy. Of course, I was always a researcher, so I did what I could do and uh, learned all about it. I knew a lot of things already, but I didn't apply them to myself. Now, how many of us, even of your listeners and viewers, how many of you know what you should be doing, but you're just unable to do it? Right. So it took me a while to figure that out for myself, changed my lifestyle, changed my nutrition, added supplements, uh, I tried to change my mind before it wasn't possible until I corrected my physical brain, uh, fixed up relationships, social health, uh, sorted out the finances and connected to my true inner calling, which is and always is to help other people to live their best life, feel content and happy. I wanted that always when I was a doctor. So... I said, what can I do here in Canada? I didn't want to leave Canada because my husband is from here. He doesn't speak German. So I decided to become a health coach. I tried to get licensed here. It was too late. And I'm not doing a full residency at my age. I'm now 60. So I, I started my life broke down when I was 38. And at 45, 46, I started to start over. Yeah. And I sometimes quote Dr. Phil. He's such a sweetheart. Many older people would still remember his TV show, Dr. Phil Show. <laughs> and one of his philisms always was, there's nothing worse than being in a bad relationship, even with yourself, uh, be, uh, for, for 10 years. The worse than being in a bad relationship for 10 years is being in a bad relationship for 10 years plus one day. <laughs> and that really resonated with me and I said that's also applicable to oneself yeah and I was the longest time I, I said I to think myself that's kind of a I think yeah, that's a very sorry. aha moment when you realize that you can be in a bad relationship with yourself because that changes everything mm -hmm. that's the cause of much suffering if you hate who you are and you think that's the worst part, you can't change it. There's ways to change. 
it's not easy. It requires work. It requires sometimes to get out of your comfort zone and try something new. But it's exhilarating. It makes life worth living. It's terrible how you can, you know, I mean, I, I found myself in that situation where I didn't like myself for a very long time. Um, and some, you know, it takes work to recognize what's happening to you. And then it takes work to change work and commitment to change. But it, it the change is possible if Absolutely. you want it. You know, it's always possible to change no matter what. I like I like your words because you really hit it on the nail. You need two things. You need to want to change and you need to make the decision and commit to doing the work. Now, sometimes we need help. And that's what I offer with my brain power system. It's pretty good because I talk about the five dimension of brain health. You know, everybody forgets that our mental health is really not just our thoughts, our emotions. Mm. There's so much more to it. Because if you have an infection that can infect our brain and get us crazy, if we have toxins, if you have a hormonal imbalance, it can cause brain struggles, as my mentor and teacher, Dr. Daniel Amen says, it can cause what they now call mental illness. Mental illness is not a simple thing. It's not simple. When somebody's depressed, there are several different forms of depression. And what our conventional system sadly often does, I love conventional medicine, don't get me wrong. But in chronic diseases, what they often forget is really going down and seeing, can we not find a root cause? Mm. Can we not drill deeper? What else could it be? How I many... think that's often overlooked by um, conventional doctors. But you coming from the space where you've come from, where you are a trained physician, but you've gone through these things yourself, um, and and you've been able you now you're able to to offer a holistic approach mm. a holistic eating approach that many traditional doctors may not have and and the thing is also i benefit a lot from being trained in germany also as a naturopath and that's something i don't understand about the north american system it is hardly you can hardly find medical doctors that are also naturopaths why not? It's the same thing. You deal with human beings, with individuals. They are a whole person, not a finger that you treat, not a depression label that you treat with a certain pill, whatever the person presents to you. It's so important. You know, I think I often get frustrated with this whole cookie cutter approach mm. <laughs> that that people have, you know, and and yet we are so individual. Not mm. one person is is similar to another person. You know, there's 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 life experiences and conditions that we have that make us uniquely who we are. And so the medicine that works for one person isn't necessarily going to serve another person well, um, unless you tailor it for their unique specific needs. And I think that this is where your approach um, is so useful 
hmm. uh, two people in that you're treating the whole person and and you're not coming from the perspective of what pill can I prescribe? I am not against pills. They can be very helpful. I It has its place. Yes, absolutely. And I really feel that North American doctors are trained in medical school to look to, they get the saying, if you see hoof prints, look for horses, not zebras. Yeah. And I actually wrote a pretty good blog post about it, uh, about a new framework for healthcare. Is it horses or zebras? How to find the zebras among the horses? Because it's like so that. important. How do I know that my depression is run of the mill standard depression and not Lyme disease masquerade as it or many, many other illnesses? How do I know that my loved one, a grandfather, has dementia and is not really depressed? Mm. And they go to the nursing home with Alzheimer's and they could be successfully treated. And sometimes it makes me angry when that gets overlooked or when young people, kids sometimes, get started on medication before, and I say before, I'm not against medication, before alternatives have been explored, like lifestyle changes, nutrition, uh, exercise, getting away from social media. Now, not Amazon live stream, that is important. <laughs> <laughs> perspective right perspective perspective exactly i mean you have to have to see what's what's important and what's not so important in life <laughs> it's 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 balance you know it's balance in anything and everything that that we do um so tell me a little bit about your without giving away too much because we do want people to go and have a look um at the book uh, invisible no more, invincible forevermore. How did you meet Linda and, and, and what made you want to write a chapter in this book? I met Linda through a mutual friend, Louis Coffey, who is in California also. And Linda told me about her books that she's doing. And I thought, well, I've written two books of my own. I've been co-author in other books. And I said, I like the title from Invisible No Longer Invincible Forevermore. I'm not sure if I'm forevermore invincible <laughs> because at some point we all go and die and become truly invincible then maybe. Right now, uh, death will always be our master at some point. And I find it's very important to talk about it and to be aware of it and live for it. So many people stop living because they are afraid. That happened in COVID. We all know it. COVID. Oh my God, I have COVID. I die. And yes, some people die from COVID. And people forget life has a death rate of 100%. COVID is nothing compared with life. So what are we afraid of? Take the precautions that you need to take, but don't forget living your best life because you're afraid of what could happen and probably won't. And if it happens, it's time to deal with it then. Right. 
perspective you know perspective mm -hmm. is everything um we can we can allow ourselves to become so overcome with fear that we forget to live life um you know obviously one wants to one wants to be sensible in all things in every approach that you have to life you want to you want to be sensible but you can't allow yourself to become so overrun um by what's happening around you that it robs you entirely of your joy and that can happen so um it's insidious it can happen over a gradual period of time and you don't even realize that it's happening mm. you know um so what's your happy ending my happy ending is that i'm happily married we are living in a little tiny house and i'm happily working online doing video helping people worldwide uh, was that not also stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit absolutely the first video i started i thought i took <laughs> a video of myself doing tai chi exercises at my best friends and yes a cat is in it and she didn't want to be on it so i put music underneath and then i looked at the video and thought oh my god that's the worst video i've ever seen <laughs> and so what did i do i put it up on youtube and <laughs> I was petrified for a week and I didn't look at it for a week. And I thought, oh my God, what will people say? Will they come? And you know, after a week, I looked on YouTube and you know what happened? What happened? Nobody watched it. <laughs> but you, but you agonized about it for the entire week. So that was a real aha moment. And I said, F that it does not matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I'm just getting out there doing what I do best, what I love doing. Let's see if I can show my love and my energy through the videos. And if people like it, fine. And if they don't, too bad for them. <laughs> I well, chuckle. I chuckle over isn't, myself. Isn't that just amazing? And I just want to give a, a shout out to Freddie, who's joined us over um, on Amazon Live. Freddie, um, has joined a couple of the live streams. So I just want to give a shout out to him. Thank you for joining us. Christine, your story, um, I, I always like to ask authors, how do you get, a lot of people have this fear of writing because there's a measure of vulnerability um, when you write your story. <laughs> how did you? How did you deal with that? I think I lost my shame when in the mental hospital I used washrooms with no lock. And I realized that we are all human. And human beings, most of the time, are not out to hate you, to laugh at you and ridicule you. Most of the time, they are sympathetic, kind beings. There's the other kind. But why are people so afraid of writing stuff down, especially their story, and being vulnerable? They're afraid to be rejected. Rejected is a universal fear. And I read a good book, another, I love books sometimes, and that book was Rejection Proof. It is hilarious. I can only, re when, when you're finished with Linda's book, try this one if you're afraid of rejection. It's really good.
Wow, rejection proof. That's that sounds like a good title. You know, Linda's one of Linda's first books was um, the Year of Fears, and um, and I, I you know I just love that she did that that she was able to take a write a chapter every single day and conquer a fear a day for an entire year. I mean yeah. that's just amazing uh, level of commitment. It is, and it's not just that she overcame her fears, but she also did it for a whole year wow i know i was like i couldn't when i when i heard it i thought you know that is sometimes we we commit you know people commit sometimes to like a a, a 14 day change or a 30 day change but to make a commitment for an entire year and stick to it is wow <laughs> it's remarkable i don't know if i could do it to be honest i don't know Oh my goodness. So tell me about your, your brain power course. If people are wanting to enroll for it, what can they expect? You know, uh, what are, is it an outcome-based program? How does it work? It's a brain power, I call it program, and it includes a lot of individual attention and coaching and a, a whole, I call it a turnaround assessment and a brain power strategy plan where I give them, together with them, a plan for their life and then daily tips for three months and uh, uh, that take them no more than 10 to 30 minutes and the accountability often gets them to do it and then suddenly they get into the habit and when I coach people, I show them how to change, how to actually do it and have fun doing it. You know what one of the most important parts is? You know that to learn something, the mother of all change is repetition to get a new habit. That's fine. But another right. one of my mentors and teachers, Dr. Joseph McClendon, he's awesome, by the way. He said the father of change is repetition plus praise. Mm. And it is so transformative when you do that with yourself it works with weight loss it works with whatever you want to do for your life why do we stop doing that christine because you know i, I mean when my when my boys were young um that's what i did you repeat yourself over and over and that's how they learn but i also know that praising them um you know made them want to do it because they would get that, you know, reward. They'd get a hug or something. You know, why that's a practical that? thing. Why do we do that? As, why do we stop doing that as adults? Because we start hating ourselves often and not taking it seriously. We think it's childish. It's not. You know what I teach my clients? It it may seem weird, but every time you go in the mirror, what do you do? Usually, people look and then they criticize. Oh, here's a pimple. There's a wrinkle. And I teach them, look yourself in the eye, smile, and say to yourself the four most important words of your life, which are your name, and then I love you. So it would be, Christine, I love you. Positive, positive, positive reinforcement. That actually puts it into your brain, into your nervous system and reinforces it. Every time when you go by the mirror, you see yourself, you look in it, and instead of stopping and 
looking, oh my God, how do I look today? You do the opposite. I think, I think that's amazing um, therapy. You know, literally, literally learning to love on yourself. Yeah, and instead and of instead of that conditioned hating on yourself and constantly criticizing yourself. And it's it's actually doing things practically. It's not just doing it in your mind because many people think they can change their thoughts just by sitting there and thinking. It does not work. You have to do what the psychologists call a pattern interrupt. Get up and jump around, shake your booty or whatever you do. And it's little things. It's not rocket science. It's not things that's going to cost you a lot of money. No. Nope. You know, to these positive um, reaffirmations and empowering words. Um, because, you know, you sometimes want to do something and you you talk yourself right out of it. <laughs> Why do we do that? Sometimes you, you need know? a little kick in the behind, and that's what I do as a, as a coach. <laughs> Sometimes they call it accountability, sounds nicer. But really, it's nothing else than asking people in a friendly way, of course. But uh, like I did just now, when you go to the mirror, do that. And then the next time I see them, did you do that? And maybe the next day I send them a video, how did it go? How are people, can I ask you, I mean, with the, with the coaching online, um, how are you finding that works as opposed to in-person coaching? Or is there, is there a, a difference? Yeah. Or, okay. I, I'm a, a notorious hugger. I miss my hugs. I miss I, it too. I, am a I do a Zoom too, hug with my clients as well. or a Zoom handshake here. <laughs> it's just not the same. And, uh, but otherwise, it works just as well. But yeah. I miss my hugs, definitely. And the energy is a little bit different because when you're close by, you can feel the sizzle and the energy transfer. Online, you need a little bit more to actually transfer it across the screen to your, uh, to your, Yes, see your audience because you can see all the the hand gestures. I'm a very gesturing person. Well, <laughs> it's hard to see. Yeah, I mean, you you when you're in person also, um, and also because people don't position themselves well uh, in front of a camera. You okay. know, when you when you when you when you have an in person conversation, you can often tell uh, how a person's feeling by the way that they may be moving their foot or their leg or the way they're crossing their legs or not crossing their legs. You know, there's a lot of body language that goes that goes on. Or they uh, doodle or play with their pen. And I can do that all. I don't do it much, but people can, can do that and you don't see it. And yeah. when you're in a room of people, you see everybody easy. And when somebody raises their hands, you can see them on Zoom. Especially in large meetings, it's it's devastating. It's yeah. not the same. It's not hundred percent the same, but you know, I because I've done on camera work for so many years now. Um, I'm I'm uh, perhaps a little bit more observant than than most people, and I want to give a shout out to Lillian Muller, who's joining us from Switzerland. So hello, Lillian. 
I notice I notice a lot of things. You know, even in a Zoom meeting, I literally scan, you know, people's eye movements, you know, the way they lean into it. And it's funny, people don't yeah. realize it, you know, the way you either sort of lean into the camera or, you know, you too laid back or, right. or whatever, you know, all of those things say something about you, yes. you know, um, and people don't, don't realize that. And I think that is why I, I was watching something on, um, on LinkedIn. I think it was just yesterday. And, uh, you know, I think that, I think they said it was 86% of hiring is done online at the moment. 86%. 86%. That's, that's huge. <laughs> that is huge. And if you don't, if you don't pay attention to how you conduct yourself online successfully, you could lose the job of your dreams simply because you don't know how to carry yourself in front of the camera. Yeah. And that's terrible, you know. And it is true and it's very important. And I just, my husband opened the door and looked in and said, do you want supper? Hey, it's only on Zoom. He's a sweetheart. He didn't realize I was on live. So that's fine. And, and sometimes I see that when I work with clients, they look aside and I know they say something. Or a baby jumps in the room or the dog comes on there. Like, hey, that's fun. And I enjoy it. I, I, I do enjoy it. And forget those meetings are recorded. <laughs> that is such a great point, Lillian. Yeah. Absolutely, Lillian. <laughs> and you know and and people especially on zoom people repurpose that content it's it's evergreen content so be aware of of um you know the fact i i often say people don't realize it's if you don't switch on your camera it's also saying something about you yeah so you know be a, be aware of that um be be mindful of how Absolutely. you um, of how you appear on camera. What is one thing you want people to know about your chapter in Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore? Why would you say you would want people to go and read your chapter? I would want them to read their chapter, my chapter, especially if they or someone you know are still stuck in the dark part of the tunnel and don't know that each tunnel at the end has a little bend so you don't see the light until you're there and then the southern sun lightens brightens your spirit so it's true there is a light at the end of the tunnel and folks it's not a freight train and 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 you, you know i want to just say to people out there if, if you're watching this now you really know what you're talking about you know from personal um experience as for anyone that's just joined the live stream now that 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 didn't hear the early part of the conversation um your husband committed suicide you tried to commit suicide twice um you left your country you know you suffered mental health you um so you really really are talking from personal um experience so when you say this light at the end of the tunnel 
um, you're coming from a place that you've a road you've traveled yourself. Um, and I really like what you are doing now. And you know, guys, if you haven't watched the the, the beginning of the interview, um, Christine's got this amazing brain power system program that she's developed a very holistic approach. So if you missed the beginning of the interview, do watch, do catch the, the replay. Um, Lillian says judgments are placed differently on male compared to female. That is so, so true. That is so absolutely true. That's a good point. A female's professionalism will be questioned. That is ridiculous, but it's true. Always. And I, I don't know why, even, even though we live in the age where we are now, you know, we've really come a long way, but it's still, it still remains um, a challenge. And somehow women have to just put in that much more work than and, their male counterparts. And you know, it was funny when I was a resident in a hospital in Germany, still working, I was a female doctor and we had a male nurse. And when we went together in a room, he was a doctor, I was a nurse to the patients. <laughs> At that point, I still was a little annoyed about that. I, I, Christine, I think it still happens today. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it still happens today. You have a male and a female walk in and they'll automatically um, assume that the, the man is the doctor. But even in the even in the boardroom, even in the boardroom, you could have a woman that is the, the CEO um, and she'll walk in with a male counterpart and people will assume that the male has that role. It is what it is, but <laughs> we have we have we have a long way to we have a long way to go um, to 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 truly get to a point where we value each other as humans. Yeah. Absolutely, because we are all the same. I always quote my dear husband, my current husband, not the one that committed suicide. He wouldn't do it, I hope. And he always says, we are all the same. We all eat the same. We all S, and I won't spell the word out, the same. He's right. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Christine, thank you so much. It was great having you on the show. And, Thanks for joining um, for those of you who are watching us on Amazon, the book called Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore. Um, so if you're finding yourself in a dark space and looking for some light, that is definitely the book to go and grab. <laughs> because it, it contains real life stories from real people out there um, who has been able to turn a corner and get to a point where they are invisible no more. Christine, thank you so much. It was amazing having you on the show and um, take care. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for watching, everyone. Stay safe and we'll see you back next time.